heard a song, but I don't remember when. Like I said, he would Hello, everybody. Here we are again on the Just a Little Bit Out West podcast. So we're going to get just a little bit out west this week. There's this thing that people say, you can't put God in a box. And I think I understand what they mean in that God always surprises us and does things that we think he should or shouldn't do. One of the things that I see that's very common in Christianity and philosophy in general is this use of catchphrases and these little one-liners that people put out. And so you hear people say things like, you can't outgive God, or give and it shall be given unto you. My God shall supply all your needs. Where God gives a vision, he gives provision. God giveth and God taketh away. Well, so I just believe that this is just my cross to bear. You know, God will never give you more than you can bear. And it goes on and on and on and on. These sayings are high-sounding cliches, but really they have little or no basis in reality or in Scripture. And yet, you know, there's a lot of believers that base their life on the supposed truth that is contained in those little sayings. And, you know, it's understandable to try to reduce these things down into a bite-sized piece. And honestly, that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast and, and just trying to help us to boil things down to where we can get a hold of them. But the other reality is that sometimes that can cause more harm than good. When you start to base your philosophy or your life or your beliefs on a formula, it becomes something like a good luck charm. It's sort of like when you read on Facebook and somebody says, just read this verse 20 times and something good is going to happen to you. Or like, if you send $20 to our ministry, you're going to be blessed. Well, okay, maybe, maybe not. People do this all the time in hundreds of different areas. What the Bible says is in Psalms 20, verse 7, it says, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. We will remember the name of the Lord our God. So what I think he's saying there is that he's talking about people who put their trust in military equipment or put their trust in a tool or a thing or a person or whatever. And like I said, I think that this principle can and has been stretched over a million different areas. But what you see in history is over and over that someone believes something is inevitable they think it's going to happen based on their evaluation, but then something completely unexpected happens. One of the great examples of this is what you saw in that movie, Dunkirk. During World War II, Germany had the English troops trapped on the beach, and everyone knew that Germany was going to just completely wipe out the English troops. They knew that the English were doomed, but then something happened. Something like a pea soup fog came in, and all of the local boat owners pitched in, and then 
apparently Hitler decided to move some of their people somewhere else, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, nobody expected it, but the Allied troops are saved from the jaws of defeat. No one expected that. And you can see many, many, many examples of that in history, and many in your own life. Life is never as simple as we want it to be. But the good news about all that is, is that since God's on your side, it means that you're not defeated unless you give up. What happens to us in these kinds of situations is that if things don't go the way that we think that they should, that's when you lose your faith. That's when you're tempted to believe you're defeated. And then you give up. And if you give up, it's over. God has to come in and rescue you from your own self-imposed defeat. There are always good reasons for the way that things are. And if we can just stop trying to force life into these cliches, I really think we're going to have a lot easier time of it. We learned a long time ago, God doesn't take shortcuts. And also what we know about God is that everyone who is involved in this situation along the way is important to him. And so we're going to have to get to where we can see things the way he does. In Isaiah 46.10, it says that God sees the end from the beginning. So he works backwards, basically, from the way we see things. He knows how this is going to turn out. I have a videotape that I kept of a football game that I watched years and years ago. The team that I wanted to win was losing very badly, and nobody thought that they were going to be able to pull this out. But in the last few minutes of the game, they caught up and won. You cannot ever believe that you know how something is going to end. Not if you know who God is. Not if you know what kind of power he has. Not if you know that he cares about you. It's not over, even when it's over. In the sixth chapter of Judges, there's this story about Gideon. And the angel comes to Gideon and he calls him a mighty man of valor. Well, he hasn't done anything valorious yet. <laughs> he's he's not he's not a mighty man at this point. And and at that point in the story, he's he's hiding from his enemies because he doesn't want them to come and steal his grain. But God talks to him and treats him as though he has already done the things that he's going to do. And I really think that this is true about God. I I really don't think that God holds us responsible for things that we haven't done in the negative side, but he gives us credit for the things he knows we're going to do on the positive side. I, I really believe that. So, having said all that, there is this ditch on the other side of the road, and we need to be careful we don't fall into the God is in control ditch, because then you start to believe that God caused bad things to happen so that something good would happen. It is one thing to have trust that God will make things turn out right. But I really believe that it's completely wrong and twisted to believe that God is going to do something evil so that it will turn out good. So we have to watch out for that. And I know you guys get all that, but I just want to throw that in there. From the things that we've learned over the past several weeks, I think we can know that God is going to bring us through we're going through the valley of the shadow of death, but we're not looking around at, at all the stu bad stuff that's happening. We take the pride out of it. We recognize God is leading us. 
And then we just keep moving forward, resting in God. And that's where it always comes back to. There was a period of time when I first started learning about God, and I was listening to a lot of the faith teachers, and they were talking about rebuking storms and and doing those kinds of things. And so I just I thought, okay, well, I should try to do that because that's what they did. What I found out is what you guys all are already know is that we have this tendency to believe that A plus B always equals C. But what I know from my life and my experience is that life just doesn't work like that. There are so, so many different variables in each and every situation. We just can't know all of them and we can't take them all into account. So there was this one time I was at an outdoor Christian event and this storm came up. The wind started blowing and the rain started falling. And I didn't really know what was going on, but I noticed that everybody was getting scared and it was raining pretty hard. And so I decided to use my faith. And so I started speaking to the wind and to the rain, and I rebuked it, and I told the wind and the waves to peace be still like Jesus did. And what happened was that the wind got worse and the rain fell even harder. And so I I tried even harder, and I, I got out of the car, and I stood in front of the rain coming in my face. It's just pouring down on me. And I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I command you to stop. Peace be still. And the wind blew even harder, and the rain fell even harder. And I got really discouraged. And I started saying, God, what is wrong with me? Where's my faith? Why isn't this working? You said this would work in your word. You, Jesus did this. Why can't I do it? And as I'm saying all of this, I hear in my spirit, I hear this little voice in my mind, and it said, Oh, I suppose you would rather have a tornado. I really did not know what that meant. I, I didn't even know what to say about that. You guys all know the end of the story. I didn't. I was just standing there in the wind and the rain and going, what are you talking about? <laughs> so after the rain died down and the wind died down and everything, we took all of our bedding to the laundromat. And we dried everything out as best as we could, and we tried not to be brokenhearted that our faith had failed, and I I was depressed. And we got home the next day. I turned on the TV, and as soon as I turned on the TV, the, the news people were saying that this place that we had just been was exactly in the path of a tornado. They said it was, you know, some kind of record-setting tornado, and it had destroyed a truck stop a few miles where, from where I, we were. And we also found out that the tornado was heading right for where we were, but it had split. It had turned into two tornadoes, and it went around where we were. We also found out that there was a preacher who had saw seen the same tornado when it was coming towards his house. But then the tornado, when it got close to his house, it jumped over the house. So really, the moral of this story, to me, is that we were protected even though it didn't look like it at the time. Our faith was working. We were receiving for, from God. We were being protected. But yet, there was rain and wind. 
But even though there was rain and wind, our tents didn't get blown away. Our clothes got a little bit wet, but really that was it. So many times we have this tendency to be like Peter walking on the water. And Jesus is saying, no, don't look over there. Don't look at all that. Just look at me. Concentrate on God. Concentrate on that God loves you. Concentrate on God that he's going to bring you through this situation and follow him like a lamb through the valley of the shadow of death. Fear not, daughter, daughter of Zion. Behold thy King cometh Sitting on an ass's cold And they went forth to meet him and cried Hosanna Blessed is the King of Israel Who cometh in the name of Blessed is the King of Israel Who cometh in the name of the Lord And when they heard That Jesus Was coming to Jerusalem they took the branches of the palm trees And they went forth to meet him And they cried Hosanna Blessed is the King of Israel Who cometh in the name of the Lord Blessed is the King of Israel Who cometh in the name of the Lord Now is my soul Troubled And what shall I say Father, glorify thy name. Then came a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Now is the judgment of the world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Hosanna. 
Blessed is the King of Israel Who cometh in the name of the Lord Hosanna Blessed is the King of Israel Who cometh in the name of the Lord So many times, things are happening, and we think we know what's happening, and we just really don't have a clue. There was a time, <laughs> there was a story that sort of taught me this principle. When when I was coming in from the barn, we, we lived on a, a small farm in Oregon, and I was coming in one night, and it was kind of dark, and I looked over into our garage, and I saw two eyes looking at me from the shadows. And I thought, for sure, this must be a mountain lion. And so I just froze. And I really, I couldn't move for, for just a few minutes, a couple minutes. But then, after a little bit, I built up enough courage to reach down really slowly and pick up a rock. And I threw the rock at, the, at those two eyes. And they didn't even flinch. They didn't even move. This mountain lion was so bad, he didn't even blink. And so I reached down and I got another rock and I threw it and nothing, nothing happened. And so I started edging towards the garage, getting closer and closer. And I finally got close enough to see that what I was seeing was the moonlight shining through two holes in the wood. I was so embarrassed, I promised myself, I am never going to let myself be that afraid that I become paralyzed because you just don't know. it. Maybe it was a mountain lion, but it wasn't. And me acting like a goofball, being afraid of something that couldn't even hurt me. You have to relax in God. Rest in him. That's what Hebrews 4.11 says. We have to rest. We have to labor to rest because really, we probably don't even know what's really going on anyway. All right, so that is the end of the podcast for this week. Rate and review the podcast. Get the word out there that we're here, and the more the merrier. That sounds dumb, doesn't it? Well, you know what I mean, though. I'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.